Welcome to the See Me Now podcast. I'm Kelsey Coleman here with my co-host, Caitlin Birdsall, and we are joined today by Colorado Mesa University Professor of Art, Susie Garner. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, You have been here for a while now at CMU, and I know that you originally came uh, for one year. Yes, I came from uh, West Texas A&M University. I just got out of graduate school. I even skipped my graduation to come here, and I arrived in August of 1994 for a one-year appointment, and that didn't work out. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, you're still here. You ended up creating, Lucky for us. creating uh, the graphic design program. Yes, they asked me to do that my first year here. And so I did that. And um, then, you know, long story short, they asked me to stay and implement that program. And I did that. Can you walk us through what is it look like to actually start a program from scratch? I mean, this is a baccalaureate program that now hundreds of students have gone through. What is, what does that process look like in the, on the front end? Well, on the front end, uh, it was just a list of courses and ideas, and I proposed it to the curriculum committee, and they agreed to do that. And uh, I implemented it right away. It, it took about a phase in of two years to phase out the old program and phase in the new program. Um, But then the students, they started coming, and by year five, we had 86 students, and I was teaching an overload just to handle all the students. And um, so they decided to hire somebody to assist in delivering that program, which was good, and I was um, relieved about that. And at the same time, they also asked me to step in and be a department chair. They called them chairs back then. And I, um, I waited a year to do that and then, and then did, took that role on. So, What does that entail if you're a department chair or department head? <laughs> well, you know, in terms of department chair and department head, um, they usually call those administrators department chairs when you have deans. And then when you don't have deans, like our structure here at CMU, they call them department heads. Essentially, we do the same task. Um, And I was really doing a lot of the same task when I was department chair. And so it was a pretty seamless transition. You've been at CMU for almost three decades, department head for 22 years, um, and you are passing that torch here at the end of the semester. But I want to know about Susie Garner before she got to CMU. You grew up in Texas. You obviously have a love of painting. Yes. Uh, Walk us through your childhood and how you found that love. (laughs) Oh, okay. My childhood. Well, I was born in Mineral Wells, Texas, the home of Crazy Water. So I've always thought that was sort of cool. I didn't live there very long, but then I grew up in South, um, South, uh, Fort Worth and um, pretty much north central Texas. And I had grandparents in West Texas and grandparents in East Texas. So I was all over the state all of the time. And, um, you know, it was it was sort of an idyllic childhood in a sense because I'd ride my bike all over town and go to the 7-Eleven or, you know, just play with friends in the neighborhood and do that kind of thing. I always had a love of art, 
And one day my mom took me to an art supply store, and I remember going in there, and I saw this beautiful thing on the wall. It was a charcoal drawing of the fawns. And I thought, oh, that's cool. I want to be able to draw like that. <laughs> so uh, I've never drawn the fawns <laughs> to this day, but um, I still remember going in there and looking at that. And um, so she signed me up for a lot of art classes, and I took art whenever I could in high school and um, outside of that. And so I always knew when I was in high school, that I was going to go to school for art. And so I did I did that. So you are not only a graphic designer, but you're a sketchbook artist too. And I wanted to explore what is a sketchbook artist? What does that mean? What do you do as a sketchbook artist? Well, part of my background is an MFA in painting. And my mentor professor in, uh, at West Texas A&M, he insisted I sign up for this outdoor sketching course, and so I said, okay. Uh, we explored all sorts of media there, but I began to develop a love for sketchbooks. They're very portable. They're very lightweight. You can uh, draw in them, paint in them, and I just sort of became obsessed with this format. It just appeals to me, and um, it's also... Um, experienced a great surge in popularity over the last decade, and um, I guess I, or maybe more than a decade, and I guess I was in on that, um, so to speak, and um, yeah, it's just something I've been obsessed with and just really love to go out in the field and, and draw and paint, and it's just something about being in that environment and connecting with it in a way that others can't, and in a way that you don't if you're just um, taking a photograph or like you hop out of the car, take a quick picture, jump in the car and leave. When you're in the environment and you get to experience for, for like 20 to 30 minutes, you really get a sense of that place because you really observe it and um, absorb what's going on around you. And um, it just feels like that you've connected to that place when you leave. And then you have this documentation of it that you can take with you. One of um, the mediums you thoroughly enjoy is plein air painting. Yes. Did I say that right? Yes, plein air painting. You used to hold a lot of workshops um, and different national parks. What is it about the national park setting and about plein air painting that just has you going back? You know, national parks are just something that I've always loved. Um, my parents took me to the mountains on every vacation we ever took. We usually came out west, and we'd go to national parks, and we'd go to these ranger talks, and I just loved watching the rangers talk about the park. And, um, and to this day, I still love it. It's probably why I'm here in Colorado, because I, I love that environment. And um, plein air painting is, is just this act of being outside. A lot of plein air painters are working in oil. Um, I actually work in pen and ink and watercolor. Um, it's a little bit more portable, and um, I like the, the feel of that, and it works better in a sketchbook. Oil, you need lots of equipment and stuff. So I like the portable nature of it. So, so Yellowstone National Park, I know that you were actually an artist in residence there, and when I heard that 
I was like, that sounds amazing. We went to Yellowstone when I was quite a bit younger, but I remember I just fell in love with it. It seemed like such just a different world between the geysers and the smelly mud pits and the animals. And it was just this otherworldly experience. And so what was that like for you being an artist in residence at Yellowstone National Park? Well, it was, it was amazing. I, um, was very honored to do that, and I was able to live at the Old Faithful Historic District in a structure that was the original Haynes Photoshop, and he was the first photographer of the park, and then they remodeled it and made it into a little museum-type area, and in the back of it, there's an apartment. So, and living in the Old Faithful area is sort of uh, cool. Um, A lot of people don't like all the hustle and bustle of the crowds, but I sort of like to sit back and observe that chaos that's happening and the ebb and flow of of the day with Old Faithful going off and just um, all those historic buildings there. I just love the history of it and the smells and the animals. Um, It's just something that I'm just really passionate about. And how many works would you say you produced while you were there as an artist in residence? You know, I'm curious, was it one big piece? Was it 20 smaller pieces? What did that look like, your collection, after you were an artist in residence? I actually created some little tiny custom sketchbooks, and I filled two of those. So they were about, I don't know, five by six or so. They were they were pretty small, and I, I filled them up, and I pretty much set out every day as, um, okay, it's my job today to go out and do plein air painting and, and fill these up. And so I would do that. And um, in addition, I also did some presentations for the park. And um, that's sort of cool. An interesting uh, factoid is one of the times that I was out and about, a film crew spotted me. And they asked if they could film me. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So they actually filmed me and they were making a new visitor center video. And if you go to Old Faithful and you go to watch the visitor center video about the Old Faithful area, I'm in that video painting. We have a celebrity here on CMU's (laughs) campus. I love it. So millions of people have watched me paint, (laughs) but they don't don't know who I am. (laughs) I have this strange thing where I just go to the store and I buy a ton of canvases. I take them home and every now and then I pull them out and I paint and I am the worst painter (laughs) you can imagine. I don't know. I just can't figure it out, but I keep trying because I think I'll get better and I don't. But then I end up with all these canvases of crap. (laughs) But yours are beautiful. And so I'm sure over your lifespan, you have many, many paintings. What do you do with them all? Uh, You know, that's the other thing about sketchbooks. They're small and they store a little bit easier because you do start getting overwhelmed with all the things that you store. And, you know, practice is a part of that. Not everything I do is beautiful. Um, It takes a lot of practice. And there are still times where I just don't find the zone and I'm not pleased with it. But I just turn the page in a sketchbook and, um, and move on. So I did, I did meet somebody who told me that, you know, musicians, they practice and it just, you know, goes into the, <laughs> it's over. There's nothing to store. Painters, we have things to store. Or sometimes we recycle it. There's some painters that will 
paint over it and just keep going until they get something they like. Do you give them away as gifts? Do you sell them? Are you in art galleries? Um, I have done some prints and given them away as gifts, and I've given some originals away too. Um, I don't do that um, quite as much anymore because everybody in my family has some. <laughs> I'm only asking because I want a Susie Gardner original. Okay. Keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you've not only traveled throughout the region to do artwork, but I know that you've taken students abroad on trips. I think you've been to France and Germany, Italy and the UK. What is that like taking students to these countries abroad to study art, do art, immerse themselves in the culture? What is that like? It's really, it's really cool to see students who, um, at the beginning, sometimes they're hesitant to travel on their own. And by the time they're done with the trip, they are travelers. And um, now with social media and following my alumni um, online, I can see them continue this. And so that's really cool. Early on, I actually, my first trip abroad, I took 17 students to London and we lived there for six weeks. They did internships and I was pretty much a professional tourist and every now and then would go observe them in the workplace. And... um, that was a really interesting experience. But I remember one student in particular, he was very afraid to travel. And um, by the time it was over, he was a pro. <laughs> they just overcome that fear. So I, I think that it also helps students, um, you know, really branch out. And um, there's some students who can do it on their own, and they're not um, hesitant about doing that. But for, for some of our students, it, this is a way to get them out there in a group setting where they can travel comfortably and learn how to do this. I don't know that they go into it thinking, I'm learning how to travel. Um, but what happens is they do learn how to travel. And um, I just wanted a, an affordable way for our students to go abroad and see some of these famous artworks they're studying in some of their classes. So. What is maybe one of your favorite paintings that you've seen, whether it's at a museum or gallery here in the States or abroad? Oh, one of my favorite paintings. Um, I think Vincent van Gogh's Starry Night is one of my favorites. Um, That one was sort of surreal seeing it for the first time. Um, I really enjoy our um, art scene in Denver. The Denver Art Museum is really good. And then there's also a Art of the American West Museum over there. It's the Anschutz Collection, which is quite amazing. And um, we're really fortunate. If you're, if you're a student of the Art of the American West, the centers for that are Denver, Tulsa, and the Dallas-Fort Worth area, which is where I grew up. And... Um, so his collection, the Anschutz collection, is pretty amazing. And uh, that's, a, that's a really cool resource. And actually, the Anschutz family owns the concessionaires that um, operate the hotels and lodging in Yellowstone National Park and beyond. And so a lot of the reproductions of the paintings in those uh, hotels are actually from the Anschutz collection in Denver. So anyway. <laughs> nice little history tidbit there too. I like that. Yeah. I've heard you say, if you're not creating, you're not complete. What has it been for you to live 
your life out doing what you love and not only doing what you love, but inspiring the next generation to follow suit. You know, it's really been an amazing blessing, I guess, to be able to do that and have the opportunity to do that. Um, as I say, I, I just, I just, I think that the definition of a true artist is someone who has to create. Um, when I hear about an artist who stopped, I don't quite understand that because I'm just always thinking about the next project. I don't suffer from artist blocks like some people talk about. I always have a list in my sketchbook or notebooks of projects. And as I'm working on one, I know what the next one's going to be. Or if I don't know, I just go look at my list and pick one and, and start doing it. It's just something that um, I feel like I need to do. Um, just this inner desire um, to pass that on to the next generation. At this point, it's it's really cool to see uh, alumni out there. They're all over the country. They're um, having successful careers and doing all sorts of different things. And it's, that's just really cool. I know you have one alum who is working on their second uh, children's book. Is that right? Yes, yes. Her name is Anastasia Kirst. And she actually, um, she may have more than uh, two. I believe she does have more than two, but she has two on Yellowstone. And when I met her, she was interested in travel and she heard about our trips and our travel and she was interested in that. Um, she heard about a former uh, student that I had that was interested in that. I say former student, he was in the class ahead of her. Um, and she was, she's from Utah. She has a love of Yellowstone. And her one of her first books was based on Yellowstone and is up uh, for sale in the park. And then she's coming out with one uh, this year that is a second book on Yellowstone. And um, I mentioned her, uh, my former student that she met who loved to travel. They actually got married. And they got married in Yellowstone. And um, so we have this we have this multiple connection over over the years. And uh, when I was up there volunteering, I was standing in the hotel lobby in Mammoth, and um, I was talking to somebody. And then I said, you know, I I think I see someone I might know. And so I went over, and sure enough, it was her. And they were there. Um, they go up there quite a bit for their honeymoon. Uh, not their honeymoon, uh, their anniversary. <laughs> what a small world. I love that. That's a really cool, cool so. story and shows that human scale side of CMU. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. And it's so cool. Like um, earlier this year, she, she sent me a, a, a proof of her next book that's based on Yellowstone and asked me to take a look at it and give her feedback. So that was, that was pretty cool. And it's, it's, it's just really an amazing feeling to go in a visitor center of a place that I love and see a student's artwork that's published and on the stands for people to buy. That's pretty cool. So you can tell from our conversation that you obviously have this inner passion for art and for teaching the next generation of students to be artists and to appreciate art. But if there's somebody listening who wants to start painting or wants to start sketching, but maybe feels like they're not an artist, maybe like Kelsey, who <laughs> keeps trying it every couple months, but it's not quite clicking. What would you say to those individuals to get them into this creative art 
process and world? You know, I would just say um, practice and keep going and don't worry about the individual um, painting or project. Just keep practicing. I'm really a believer in that 10,000-hour rule. Um, Malcolm Gladwell wrote about it in his book Outliers. And um, really the people that get good at art and develop a lot of skill, they've practiced and they've had the opportunity. And I feel like that's what I've had in my life, the ability to practice. I had the opportunity early on when I was young. My parents were supportive of that. Um, And I, I feel like part of what we're doing here at CMU is we're providing opportunities for our students to do that practice and start getting those 10,000 hours in. And that can sound overwhelming, but it's really, if you keep plugging away at it, it's, um, it's, it's something that will come over time. I, don't, I can't do the math in my head right now, but I think it's like you can get it in five years pretty much. That seems which, much more attainable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 10,000 hours sounds like something you'd work on for 30 years, but um, yeah, just work on it five hours a week for a while. And I think that might be the math on it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm well, not a math we'll, professor. <laughs> we'll calculate it afterwards. <laughs> Susie Gardner, thank you so much. I got to head out, get my canvas and do some practicing, but thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the See Me Now podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.